You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hey there, Buffalo Bills fans. Welcome back to Believe, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast here on buffalorumblings.com and everywhere else you go to find your podcast. We remind you each and every week we do the episodes, but please, if you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to the Buffalo Rumblings podcast channel. Uh, it features a ton of great content, including our podcast, Blitz Bills, Buffalo Rumblings Q&A, Breaking Buffalo Rumblings, Circling the Wagons, The Nick and Nolan Show, and new to the Buffalo Rumblings family is Mafia Mavens. It's a female perspective on the Buffalo Bills and Bills Mafia, and uh, Danielle and Robin do a fantastic job with their podcast. I want to give them a little plug here on our podcast. We are all about supporting our own and there's fantastic podcast content that is out there. So please, that's eight podcasts that are part of the Buffalo Rumblings podcast channel we are giving you all of the angles for your Buffalo Bills. Of course, today's podcast, we are talking about the Buffalo Bills still being undefeated here on Believe, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast. My name is John Boccasino, being joined by Jamie D'Amico here on the show. And Jamie, you know, the Bills escape, and I use that word with all sincerity, they escape their home opener 21-17, to clawing out a win over the Cincinnati Bengals to remain undefeated. This, again, was not a game for the faint of heart. The Bills had a 14-0 lead going into the locker room. It felt like it could have been at least 21 points with the way that Buffalo thoroughly dominated the Bengals. And, of course, nothing comes easy. The Bengals rally, take a 17-14 lead before Josh Allen masterfully directs a seven-play, 78-yard drive, capped by Frank Gore's one-yard plunge into the end zone. The Bills go to 3-0. Before we take a stock at big picture for this team, let's start with your instant reaction. Buffalo has to hang on yet again uh, for a victory over a team that they thoroughly dominated. How concerned are you about Buffalo's lack of ability to close out an opponent? Well, man, I, third quarters are just not their time of the game. There's a lot to unpack at this game, and this is a young team. Well, okay, I say they're a young team. They actually, on average, are one of the older teams in the NFL, but the leader of this team, Josh Allen, is a young player, and he's still learning some things here. This is a team that is figuring out how to win. The Bills have not had a lot of success in the last 20 years or so, and they're figuring it out. I I, I think that there's going to be some bumps in the road. Um, this is a game that against a real high-quality opponent, they're not going to pull out. So there's there's reason to be concerned there, but you know, they have to they they have to figure it out by playing the game, getting the job done, and they did get it done. This is the kind of game that the Bills 
absolutely would have lost in the past. Instead, they found a way to pull it out. So part of me just wants to savor the good feelings that come from being undefeated and from pulling out a a game at the end once again. Yeah. Oh, Jamie, I'm not trying to rain on the parade whatsoever. It doesn't matter how pretty you win or how ugly you lose or how ugly you win or how pretty you lose. All that matters is what goes into the scoreboard. The Bills emerged again with a 21 to 17 win to pull out this victory to go to three and oh, it is their first three and oh start since the 2011 season. Of course, that year, the Bills to get to three and oh, rallied from a 21 point deficit to knock off the New England Patriots, who happened to be the week four opponent, which we'll get to in a little bit. But I think what was really exciting, Jamie, with this game, Buffalo showed you a lot. You know, they showed you that the ground game has really turned a corner, you know, from last year's struggles. And this is in spite of some injuries along the offensive line. Uh, John Feliciano went out with an injury. We're not quite sure the timetable for how long he will be sidelined. And the offense definitely missed explosive rookie Devin Singletary. But I want to give it up to my man Frank Gore for having an absolute baller performance. 14 carries for 76 yards, averaging 5.4 yards a carry. He had a 22-yard explosive run that really helped the Bills early on. Then he, of course, was the man on that touchdown plunge when Brian Dable kept things simple. The Bills needed a, a field goal to tie and a touchdown to win. The Bills marched down the field 78 yards in seven plays, and Frank punches it in for the touchdown. So, you know, as much as you want to, much as fans want to get all critical about the Bills blowing the lead and having the Bengals take over a game that they had no right to win, you're right. Bills teams in the past would have found a way to lose this game. Instead, Josh Allen finally recuperated from the one horrible interception. It could have been a second bad interception. And the Josh Allen, we'll talk about him in a little bit, but I want to go to that game winning touchdown drive. Before I even ask you the, the questions, Jamie, what was your confidence level heading into that drive, knowing what the Bills needed to do to pull out a win? Confidence is pretty low. I'm, i got to be honest here. I, there's a, There was a lot to unpack in this game. Between the first half and the second half, looking like the teams had switched uniforms, and Josh Allen looking like he was reverting back to 2018 Josh Allen. You know, he came out this season against the Jets, throwing the short timing patterns, getting rid of the ball fast, not holding on to it, not trying to do too much, being comfortable throwing the ball away. We were not seeing that in the second half of this game. And I was thinking, oh boy, we're one bad Josh Allen decision away from this game being put on ice. And once they started getting momentum on that final drive, well, then things started feeling a little bit better. Then they started thinking, well, okay, I, I, I'm getting getting an inkling that they're going to pull this off. But then you have to worry about the defense, which showed virtually zero ability to stop the Bengals in the fourth quarter. So, man, I, I was pulling my hair out. Yeah, it was definitely, you look at the first half, um, this might have been, it's definitely the best half of football that defense has played this year. It might have been the best half of defense that we've seen from the Bills in the last half decade 
where they were just outstanding. They were smothering. They held the Bengals to 76 yards of total offense over two quarters, including two takeaways. John Ross, who we were all afraid of torching the Bills secondary, was held to two catches for 22 yards. In the first half, Andy Dalton was 5 of 14 for 63 yards. And that's what I mean when you felt like this game should have been a bigger lead. I'm not even talking about Stephen Hauschka narrowly missing a 62-yard field goal before the half ended. This Bills team thoroughly dominated the opponent and should have been up at least by three scores, it felt like. But you know what? They weren't. They had a gut check. The Bengals came back, took that 17-14 to lead following a couple of just bad decisions by Josh Allen. But here's the bottom line. The drive that Buffalo needed him to be a superstar, Josh was a superstar. 78-yard drive. I want to highlight my favorite play of the entire game was the pass to Dawson Knox, 49-yard gain. He catches it near the sideline and then proceeds to go full truck mode, knocking two guys on their keister, completely showing Bills fans what they got with their third-round pick out there. I mean, this kid was unbelievable the way that he handled himself running down the play and like the fact that he just was embracing the contact was doing everything necessary to go ahead and get the bills in a better position for the uh, for the first down and for a touchdown I loved everything about that play and from there you could tell how energized the crowd became and how energized that Bills sideline became because at this point now the bills are threatening at the 22 a field goal will tie touchdown gives them the lead And Josh Allen did Josh Allen things. He had a couple of scrambles carrying 24 yards. And then Frank Gore took over from there with his third and goal touchdown run under two minutes to go. The Bills snatched victory from the jaws of defeat yet again. What did you make of Mr. Clutch on that fourth quarter drive? Josh Allen doing it with his legs and with his arm. On that final drive, Josh Allen pulled it all together. They went an impressive 78 yards on seven plays, obviously 49 of which came off of Dawson Knox having the play of what what could end up being the play of the season if the Bills end up successful here. That could be the play that the entire team hangs its hat on and says, look at what we can do. Now, once they got under the two-minute warning, I felt very confident because they were moving. And when Frank Gore finally plunged in, Couldn't have been happier. But something noteworthy, I don't think the clock ran when uh, that handoff to Frank Gore happened. I know that it was a real bang-bang kind of play, but I expected at least one second to tick off the clock. And then that got into my head where I'm thinking, oh, geez, the Bills are going to stop them. But with one second on the clock, the Bengals might put it in. Oh, here we go. Because, you know, we all have been conditioned to have these horrible thoughts because we're Bills fans. But wait a minute. Maybe, maybe they're teaching us something different here. Maybe the trepidation isn't needed the way it always used to be. So my question to you is, what did you see happening in the second half that made the Bengals so successful on offense? They scored 17 points and did so seemingly easily now granted they weren't great on on third down i believe they were three of 11 on third downs but what the heck was going on first of all the the things that i saw and and from the stadium it was palpable you're right there was a sense of dread that oh no here we go again the bills are struggling to close out an opponent and you know what was really telling to me was the lack of 
pass rush uh, that Buffalo really had all game long, especially in the second half. Andy Dalton just had time to pick apart the defense in the second half. In the first half, we talked about how great the defense was. In the second half, the, the, the pass rush did not get after Andy Dalton and make the offensive line feel the pressure. I really felt too like the the linebackers did not do as great of a job in the first half. You know, Matt Milano, I believe, had a couple of missed tackles out there. Um, you know, the the defense really was beaten. Uh, Joe Mixon, who did not have an outstanding game stat wise, um, he ran 15 times for 61 yards and caught two balls for 34 yards with a touchdown. But he had a 33 yard reception that was a backbreaker, and the Bills seemed to lose track of where Mixon was when it came to running game. So I feel like the lack of a pass rush really, really hurt Buffalo in the second half and allowed Andy Dalton to try to engineer a comeback, which of course the Bills trailed by three before making their their comeback and getting the fourth quarter win in the home opener. But to me, the real big concerning point is the, the pass rush, because now the news comes out today that Harrison Phillips is out for the year with a torn ACL. And that is just a massive, massive blow for a defense that really envisions itself being in the upper echelon of teams uh, in the National Football League. And I know that you know it's an X-man-up mentality, so whether it's Kyle Pecco or whoever they end up calling to take up the snaps for Harrison Phillips, the Bills still have a lot of talent on that defensive line, including Shaq Lawson and Jerry Hughes and Star Latule and Trent Murphy and Ed Oliver. But that's one less body that was really rounding into form in Harrison Phillips. And I think that's really going to hurt the Bills uh, later on this year, not having him on the field. The other thing that I noticed in regard to the lack of pass rush was that Ed Oliver was absolutely invisible. It was crunch time at the end of the game, and the Bengals' offensive line was truly supposed to be a weakness on that team. They had two starters who were out. They were not performing well, and quite frankly, in the second half, they they dominated. Now, throw in a bunch of play-action passes. They were catching the Bills completely off guard with, with a lot of those. And it seemed to start with the commitment to running the ball with Joe Mixon, which is something they didn't really stick with in the first half, but they were very obviously committed to it in the second half. And that made... That, that made a big difference in, in, in the Bills' defense being able to contend with, with, with the passing game. Obviously, the linebackers were coming up too close to the line of scrimmage uh, to really be effective in coverage, which is something that Tremaine Edmonds has been doing since the first time he stepped on the field in a Bills uniform. He takes a false step toward the line of scrimmage on every pass play and is very easily pulled out of position on the play action. I'm just glad that the the uh, defensive backs are able to pull it together on that final drive. But it's it's something that they they're really going to need to get better at, which is which is generating a pass rush. The thing that surprised me the most on the final drive of the game is that they weren't doing too many stunts or twists with Oliver to try to take advantage of his athleticism and hopefully confuse some of the offensive linemen that haven't been on the field and you you hope that they hadn't quite gelled. But that wasn't the feeling that I got. That looked like a dominant offensive line against the Bills defense, and that's a little bit uncomfortable going forward. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, 
Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I was really expecting whoever lined up against John Miller to have a huge day for the Bills pass rush. And unfortunately, that just did not materialize. But I think the Bills, I hope they learn something from this victory. I hope that you know, they they really don't take anything for granted because you would you wouldn't think a Sean McDermott team would look too ahead or get too confident, but you wonder if they kind of were overlooking the Bengals a little bit, especially with the big showdown with the Patriots coming up this Sunday in week four. But I do want to go back and talk about one critical area. As much as the Bengals torched the Bills, I believe they had 189 yards in that fourth quarter. The secondary still did a very good job, I feel like, of creating turnovers and limiting Andy Dalton. Trey White had a huge bounce-back game for Buffalo. He had two interceptions, the last of which Andy Dalton forced a pass into the middle of the field. There was a bit of a, a conflict. The ball was punched up, and Trey came away with the interception, which which sealed the win with less than 30 seconds to go. Micah Hyde was an absolute beast in this game, he was all over the place. I believe he finished with 11 tackles, and he forced a fumble in the first half. Jordan Poyer, too, really proved that you know Jordan Poyer, one of these days, is going to get the recognition he deserves as being one of the best safeties in this league because he is absolutely a ball hawk. He is everywhere for this team. And that's why the Bills were able to pull this win out, in my opinion. They could have stout coverage in the secondary to make up for a lack of a pass rush. Now, granted, this is going to be a different script on Sunday, and we'll get to that in our preview podcast with the Patriots coming up to New Era Field on Sunday for Week 4. But for the time being, the Bills are 3-0. and They can Bills fans can release your collective breaths. The Bills did not drop one of these winnable games early in the season. They improved to... 3-0 and on the year, and uh, really, I want to go back, Jamie, and talk about one more point, one more play in this recap that deserves a lot of attention. It's in the first quarter. Did you know, by the way, Jamie, the Bills set a pretty interesting mark in their win over the Bengals. The first time in franchise history the Bills ever held a lead of 8-0 and 11-0, and I want to go back to that 8-0 game play right there because the Bills had marched downfield with relative ease um, on their touchdown drive. Seven plays, 73 yards, capped off by a beautiful little pass in the flat to Dawson Knox for a touchdown. It's 6 nothing Bills. The Bills line up for the extra point attempt. The Bengals get called for a penalty, moving the ball to the one-yard line. Instead of going for the extra point again, Sean McDermott goes for two, finds Cole Beasley, who had eight catches for 48 yards in a very quiet game where he was consistently open over the middle, not a lot of long gains, but did enough to move the sticks when he needed to. And Beasley comes down with a two-point conversion attempt. If that thing doesn't happen right there, if that sequence doesn't play out, we might be talking about the Bills going to overtime because the Bengals would have only needed a field goal down the stretch to force the tie versus needing to go for the end zone. That was a decision I was not expecting and frankly, in the moment, didn't want to happen. I thought it was way too risky and there was way too much game left. 
that was quite the foreshadowing by uh, by Sean McDermott to make that decision. As soon as they called the penalty, I saw him holding two fingers up in the air, and I said to myself, no, this is a bad decision. Don't want to do this right now. Well, it's a good thing they did. And, you know, statistics show that going for two more often than not is, well, statistically, it is favorable. But we don't see an awful lot of that in the NFL, though the Steelers do it consistently, but other teams not so much. Maybe I need to adjust my thinking on this. Another play that deserves to be looked at is the horrendous interception by Josh Allen when he was retreating backwards off his back foot, heaving it up into the middle of the field. Now, a lot of people are trying to say, well, you're going to have to take the good with the bad. And the comparison that has been coming up the entire week has been Brett Favre, which I really don't want to hear at this point. Um, Josh Allen has a long way to go before we can start making those comparisons, because even when he was in his first couple of years and Favre was making terrible decisions, he was also making throws that we haven't quite seen from Josh Allen yet. Now, next year? Maybe we can talk about that, but what was your feeling? You were in the stadium at the time. How badly did you want to like poke your eyes out with a fork when you saw that interception happen? Well, Jamie, I'll tell you this. There was a sense of it went from it went a polar 180 swing because if you recall the drive before that, the Bengals got picked off. Trey White made a nice interception <clears throat> to halt a Bengals drive that had approached midfield and keep it a 14-0 game. And now you're thinking, all right, the Bills are near midfield. There's plenty of time left in the third quarter. The Bills have a chance to really extend their lead and put their foot down and step on the necks of the Bengals and their offense. And instead, old bad Josh Allen resurfaced himself. And there's no justification for that interception. I know that he was trying to buy time. Uh, He had had a play earlier in the half where rather than taking the sack, he tried to throw it away, didn't get the ball to the line of scrimmage. There was an intentional grounding penalty. I get that Josh always thinks he can keep plays alive and make something out of nothing. And you know what? He usually can make something out of nothing. But at some point, you have to realize what is available and what is not available to you. And on that interception, he was basically falling backwards. He had no real chance to complete the pass. The ball got intercepted. It was a huge swing because it gave the Bengals great field position. They only had to go 22 yards to get their touchdown and get back on the game 14-7. to So, look, Josh says he's sorry. Josh says he's going to learn from his mistakes. I want to see it because we've heard this song and dance before, and I get it. You're right. People say take the good, take the bad. That's Josh Allen. But Josh knows better than these throws off of his back foot, and hopefully – Seeing film one more time, you know, Brian Dable, I I give a lot of credit to Brian Dable too, because if you watched the play on the sidelines after it happened, Dable was in his face. He was getting up saying, Josh, you cannot do this. You are going to cost, I'm paraphrasing. I don't know exactly what he said, but it felt like he was trying to light a fire under him being like, yo, stop it with these turnovers because that could have been a backbreaking. It was a backbreaking interception. Luckily it didn't cost the bills in the long term of it, but Jamie, those mistakes have got to stop, especially, again, against a very opportunistic Patriots defense that will make you pay. Watching it on television, Brian Dable was red in the face and he was yelling at him. And uh, I don't think he was saying very nice things. Hmm. If you could lip read a little bit. You're, you're right. You can't keep doing that. 
And when you're a quarterback, you have to make your decision quicker than what we saw a little bit in this past game. And that decision being, there's no play here. I, I have to just throw the ball away. You know, retreating 30 yards and then heaving it toward the line of scrimmage out of bounds, you've got to make your decision faster than that. Now, at the same time, we saw some incredible moves by Josh Allen to get away from the rush later in the game. And, and it was a thing of beauty. But you have to be able to pick your spots. And I think that his decision-making, it, it is improving. And I think that we're going to see less and less of that as time goes. But this was one of those games I just wanted to rein him in a little bit more. Going into the Patriots game, as you said, they cannot be putting up mistakes like that and expect to come out with a win. This could be a competitive game. I don't think the Bills are on the Patriots level. But the Bills opponents have a collective record of one and eight. The Patriots opponents have a collective record of zero and nine. This is going to be an interesting one to take a look at in our next podcast. Don't you think? I do. I do. A lot has been made about who the bills have beaten in route to their three and zero start in the Patriots. Okay. They beat the Steelers, but they're not as good as we thought they were going to be. And now big Ben is out for the year and they beat two other teams that are winless. So yeah, the bills and Patriots, this is a great barometer. The Patriots are banged up. Julian Edelman hurt himself during the win on Sunday. So the bills will have one less talented receiver to contend with on offense. But I want to go back real quick to Josh Allen one more time because he did have a really nice game. Some of the plays that he made, he had a rollout and a deep completion to John Brown on a third and 17 on the second possession that kept that drive going. That was an incredible laser throw. He also should have had a touchdown to Zay Jones towards the end of the first half. Would have been a beautiful deep ball. He overthrew him. There was some confusion on Zay's part. They couldn't quite connect to hook up with the touchdown. And then there was another deep ball to Robert Foster that could have been intercepted. intercepted. Again, there was some confusion between the receiver and the quarterback. But Josh Allen did a really he, – he had great moments of glory on Sunday. Yep. But unfortunately, he had those gunslinger moments that you just don't want to see those plays have to get cut out because otherwise he's not going to learn from it. Now, he says he's going to learn from his mistakes. We've heard this before. Now we need to see it. At least the good news, though, Jamie, is it did not cost the Bills. They emerged 3-0. and You know, everybody is all ecstatic. It's going to be a raucous atmosphere coming up on Sunday. And I want to say real quick, too, Harrison Phillips, I want to go back to the point about his injury. It was so bad to see him go down with the injury because Harrison Phillips did one of the coolest things I've ever seen at a pro football game when he donned Pancho Bia's sombrero running out of the tunnel to start the game during the player introductions. The place went ballistic and it was such a nice tribute. It was great to see all these kids, school kids getting backpacks, fulfilling Pancho Bia's dreams of giving back to the Buffalo area school children with supplies that they need for school. The place was electric. It was a great tribute to Pancho Bia. I'm glad the Bills won. It's unfortunate that Harrison Phillips had the ACL injury suffered during the game, but at least Buffalo pulled out a victory to stay to 3-0 on the year. And Jamie, you know, hey, undefeated after three weeks, not a bad place to be. Feels pretty good. And, you know, we, we talked a bit about Josh Allen and it's human nature to focus in on the negative. You remember that more than you remember the positive. But let's not forget, he you are right, he was pretty darn good and still has a 64% completion rate. So, you know, this is a big step forward and let's see. Let's see if it keeps moving this direction. 
A great barometer, again, is going to be this week for a game with the New England Patriots. Of course, you can get all your news on the Buffalo Bills by to buffalorumblings.com. Of course, you can come to our great podcast, Believe. We will have everything you need to know to get ready for the showdown week four when the Bills welcome the Patriots to New Era Field. If you want to get involved with this podcast, besides subscribing to it everywhere you go to get your podcast, please follow us on social media. Buffalo Rumblings account is at Buff. B-U-F-F Rumblings. My esteemed colleague, Jamie D'Amico, is at the Jamie D'Amico, and I am at John Boccasino, B-O-C-C-A-C-I-N-O. We are going to call a wrap on this podcast, breaking down the week three victory. Of course, we'll be back later in the week, getting you ready for week four as the Bills take on the Patriots at New Era Field. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.